Hi, it's Arlen. Welcome back to your first million. I didn't think I was going to record anything today, but just got inspired to a moment ago. So hitting record and hope you'll go with me on this little, this little uh, journey. I wanted to talk about a tweet that I put out today. I'm going to read the tweet to you, but it was uh, today, which is uh, Sunday, January 9th, 2022. I said, as someone who has studied thousands of companies and launched a few, I thought the ultimate key to success could be described or distilled down to something like community, network effects, total addressable market, timing, etc. I've just realized it's none of that. It's in how much the company cares. And when I say none of that, I don't mean that it doesn't include those things, of course. Obviously, it does. What I meant to say, what I mean to say is the ultimate key, the ultimate marker to success and of success is related directly to how much the company cares, how much they care about their customer, their employees, each other their product, um, other stakeholders, which could include investors, and their families of the, the employees, etc. The community around them. Um, so I would have thought, you know, and I came up with this thought this morning, that's why I tweeted it, because it came to me, I would have thought that that big, that big, you know, if you had to choose one thing that is the marker of success, I would have thought maybe it's in community, community because it's important that you have community. And, and I've been somebody who I've made that the center point of everything that I've done since I've been able to interact with people outside my family and friends. So for decades now, um, network effects really thought it could be that because, I mean, it, you know, the more I study network effects and the more I, I hear about it and learn about it, the more I realize I am, um, once again, I'm deeply entrenched in that. Uh, thankfully, I figure, started figuring out network effects early, even though I didn't know what to call it. So you can hear more about that in my book, It's About Damn Time. I go into networks, networking versus networks, and then you can see through my actions how that um, has played out backstage capital now through runner things before and after and i just listened to this really great book by an investor named andrew chin he's at andreessen horowitz um he is a co-investor in at least one of the companies that i've invested i've invested in called maven but I, maybe more and his book is called what is it called uh the hmm Ah, oh, I'm having drawing a blank, but it's about uh, the cold start. That's what it's called, the cold start problem. That's what it's called. So it's about going from zero to a million. You know, going from how do you how do you play with, understand, manipulate, and you know, not in a positive way, um, network effects. So the first you have to understand them and recognize them, be able to recognize them, and then you can. Um, theoretically create them and <clears throat> be part of them. So got a lot of information. I just read that yesterday and, and listened to that yesterday. So I was thinking about network effects big time. So I thought maybe that's the answer, but that is not even as high on the list as, um, as how much the company cares. 
total addressable market, I thought maybe that could be it because if you say, well, you know, it got, you know, we've done a study on a thousand successful companies and it all boiled down to going back to that original, how many people can they actually reach? How many people are their customer? And that was, you know, funnily enough, what ended up being the marker for success, for out, for outside success. Or timing. Timing would make a lot of sense. And again, these are not things that are not involved. They're all involved in some way or another. It's just that I'm thinking of the number one thing I can think of across all the companies I've looked at, started, been a part of. And timing is a big one, as big as any of the other ones, because... You think about what um, uh, some of these companies were built just at the perfect time. Some of these very successful companies were just at, built at the same time. And you always hear the stories about companies that were ahead of their time. They were just too early. And, and so I thought maybe if I did a deep dive there. So my hypothesis, and not only a hypothesis, but a, just a gut feeling is that if you distilled and you went through everything, all the data that I have about all the companies I looked at, which is more than 10,000 startups since 2015, it is nearly 200 companies invested in, it is um, you know at least two companies I started on my own, but I've started many companies and, and projects over the last two decades. All of the observations I've seen, had, and, and been a part of, the 25 funds I've invested in, they each have their own portfolios. It's a lot of data to pull from. I think that if you look at who is the most successful or who are the most successful companies and who sustain that, it's going to come down to which companies care the most. I think a way to think about it you know, further and to really see, to test that is to look at Maybe something like a WeWork. Um, not, I don't want to pick on anybody, but it, it's, a, it's an interesting example. WeWork, I know for a fact a lot of the people who worked at WeWork cared, but did the founder CEO care as much at the end of the day about WeWork as he did other things that were distracting to him? Um, and there, there are other examples. I think Uber is another one. Again, I don't want to um, pick on anyone because even I just quoted Andrew Chin and he came from from Uber. And I know there are a lot of thousands of people from Uber who cared. In fact, many of them, you know, a couple dozen Uber investors are part of Backstage, I would imagine, based on a few that I've heard from. I still think that there was this lack of caring demonstrated about the end user and the driver. And and that came from the top. And I think Travis is working on something. I you know, I call him Travis, we don't know each other, but I think Travis, the CEO founder, or the CEO, and he wasn't the founder, but he's been the CEO kind of from the beginning. I think he's working on something uh Cloud Kitchens, where he's raised like almost a billion dollars. And um he'll probably do really well there, but I don't know how long and let's see. And maybe he cares about this more. Maybe this is more interesting to him. Maybe he learned a lot. We'll see. Um, so those are some behemoths you can look at, and I can kind of point and wag my finger at them. But I totally did not mean to do this pun, but it's very good that I did. Wag. Wag. Wag is the reason 
that I started thinking about this this morning. I saw a tweet by a woman who is herself a startup founder, which must be why I was already following her. And she went on to tell the story of how she's visiting Africa, right, a part of Africa right now, because she her father passed away six weeks ago. And she bought him this trip to Africa for whatever reason. And she probably went into that another place. And as a tribute to him, she's going on this trip. And she's also took some of his ashes to spread. And so she has a dog or a couple dogs. She hired WAG, which is the dog walking company. Um, that's a startup. I think it's a unicorn. I'm pretty sure it's way beyond a unicorn at this point. Meaning it's worth a billion dollars more or more. And she left She left earlier this week. She gets a message from the dog walker that the dog has been lost. And immediately, of course, she's like, okay, you know, human error. <laughs> like, that sucks. But obviously, this behemoth of a company has a policy in place for something like this. Because all they do is handle dogs, which are living beings that are part of people's families. They must have some protocol or some sort of step. And apparently, according to her and according to you know other people who have corroborated this, they really don't. They don't have anything. Maybe they do have something. You know, I don't want to get myself libeled here, but they don't have something that she felt was sufficient and that I could see that was sufficient. And so she just spent the last four or five days in hell because she's across the country. She's across the world. She's trying to get home early. She's having a hard time doing that for other reasons, visa-related. She has her whole family and friend group in, in Denver searching and scouring, and, and, and the Nextdoor app is helping out because I guess she knows them. Everybody's being helpful and um, trying to find her dog, her beloved family member. And all of that is human error including not having a great policy in place. But what I found striking, and again, I'm not here to wag the finger. I had to do it again. Um, I'm not really here to like throw stones because obviously nobody's perfect and I don't know the whole story. All of that, you know, those, those caveats. But I will say that it did strike me today to hear from her telling of it that the CEO of the company just hasn't been helpful. And he's on Twitter. She's seen him reply to an investor of theirs about this, but not to her directly. And the customer service has been um, tough. You know, there are probably a lot of people who care at WAG, who work at WAG. This CEO probably cares in his own way. But the, the way that it has been handled does not reflect that as much as it should. And on top of that, I, 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 put, I pose the question of, you know, just on the side here, why don't they have a tracking chip or not a chip, but a thing they can hang a, a dongle or what is it called? Whatever they can put on the leash or on the collar the moment you get a dog. Like the moment you have a dog in your possession, it has your employee record, your GPS. And if that dog goes away because of some mistake you made, um you're able to find the dog within minutes rather than it being this. And apparently they don't have that. There is an app. I mean, sorry, there is a yeah an app and a company that exists, maybe more than one. I don't remember the name. I'm not here to promote them, but there is one that exists. It's $120. It's a GPS tracking system. I think WAG's next step should be 
every single dog walker is sent this in the WAG logo, you know, and they put that on the collar of the animal that they're working with, whether they're walking them for 15 minutes or keeping them overnight or whatever the, however this system works, right? I just think that should be like the simplest next step. So this doesn't happen over and over again. So I'm just struck by, you know, you can't be everywhere at all times. This CEO is no doubt dealing with a hundred other very urgent things. They probably get tickets, customer service tickets, you know, in the hundreds or thousands a week because any major company does. And so again, I'm not going to sit here and say that this one particular person is is bad or wrong. I'm thinking though that if more care, both in straight from the top and in how they've handled this and emails that have been shown and sort of taking their time, three days for this, four days for that. If more care had been shown, this could have been a really great story for WAG because everyone, you know, in their right mind would have understood the losing the dog part. That's human error. If they had mobilized immediately, this dog is missing, we have a plan for that because we care so much about the end users, the pet and the pet owner. We care so much about the dog walker who's probably heartbroken. We care so much about our employees who are, have their reputation on the line. Then what is happening right now, which is you know a story that's probably gonna end up going viral because it's so heartbreaking with the compounded grief that the, the woman has with her father's ashes and her missing dog, um, that would have been avoided. And there's a care. Like, why wasn't that mentioned? Now, if you work at WAG, if you know somebody who works at WAG, if you're a WAG investor, all of that, and you're and I'm missing something, just hit me up. Hit me up. You can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, or mostly Twitter and uh, an email, you know, if you know me. Also, my email address is out in public. So hit me up and tell me, hey, you, you're missing something in your little high horse here. <laughs> uh, but what I can see with my own eyes led me to think about this whole thing. This is why I'm having this conversation. So I thought about that and I think about, okay, um, if I'm saying that, uh, um, great, I have an advantage because I care a hell of a lot. I I care so much. It's why I do what I do. It's why I've sustained this long. It's why I have stayed in the game when backstage could have died at least at least 20 times, at least 20 times in the last 10 years, and just kept going. It's why Runner, I think, will will continue to improve and grow and and, and hopefully succeed. Um, you can check that out at hirerunner.co if you're not familiar yet. And my team, the teams that I have. So I cross backstage and runner, there are like 30 people essentially, some full-time, maybe more than half full-time, some part-time or fractional, and then others who are third-party vendors who might as well be part of our team because they're that close. And that's and when we have other third-party vendors who are not part of our team, who I'm not counting in this, but they're about 30 people. And we work hand-in-hand, you know, uh, I work on both every day and in a, a, a leadership position. And although the two teams don't work with each other day to day, we do interweave and, and have a lot at stake for each of them. 
Um, if backstage does well, runner does well. If runner does well, backstage does well, et cetera. So, um, you know, when I think about, when I get on a team meeting, whether it's with backstage or runner, each and every time, every single time, whether it's with one person or with 15, I am just blown away. And for the first time in a long time, I'm also thinking this, there's a potential, we don't know yet, but there's a potential that the runner team who what is at 12 to 18, depending on how you measure it today, could double, triple, quadruple this year. Could, I don't know yet. Could. How do you keep that same magic when you're four times the size as you are today? How do you keep that same magic when you're 10 or 20 times the size you are today? So I've done a lot of um, research and, and about companies and their, and their growth periods and everything. And I think something that I haven't done like out loud or maybe even consciously is say when I'm hiring someone, how much do they care? How much do they care? I think it, I feel it, I grasp it. It's a big part of my decision-making, of course. But I think it's like this conscious decision I'm going to be making from now on that is more important than, it's certainly more important than what school they went to or what company they worked at prior to this. We know that. But it's going to be number one. It has to be. How much do they care? So I thought I'd mention this to you so you can think through it yourself if you're a founder if you're someone who's trying to get employed somewhere, if you're someone who's joining Runner as a runner, you're going to be working at one or more companies via Runner. The thing that has set us apart really right out the gate since day one, four months in, is how much runners care about the customer and the company that they're serving and vice versa. There's a love fest going on. And that, that needs to be sustained, and it also needs to have substance to it. And that's something I'll be thinking about in great detail over the next, I don't know how many years. <laughs> but uh, hopefully that's some food for thought. Hopefully, um, again, I'll say it, I know I've said it multiple times in this, but I, I also don't want it to be like, we work and uh, uh wag or bad and I'm great <laughs> you know I do it right they do it wrong I don't that's that's not what this is it's it's never been that it's always been this uh like I like to make the world my my classroom I like to make whatever topic I'm thinking about my class and it's about the discussion of it and the nuance of it and how many layers there are and variables there are to anything Oftentimes I'll talk about somebody or I'll tweet about someone or I'll think about someone and, and then end up having a conversation with them. And it's like, oh, there are like 50 other shades to this. There's just no way to look at this right down the barrel. Sometimes, though, it is what it is. Walking like a duck, they're a duck. You know, there's some some very specific examples of that. Um, they just show you who they are. Boom. It's that. So, Yeah. I, I'm curious to see your thoughts on this, hear back from you. Um, I hope to see some of you in person this year soon. We were having a good time on the road. I want to get back out, but of course, we're going to be safe. Keep it locked up. <laughs> I'm not trying to get any kind of COVID. I'm not trying to give any kind of COVID. Um, 
just trying to get us to a point where we can survive this and, and keep thriving. In the meantime, keep an eye on arlensacademy.com where you can, if you're listening at the right time, you can get in for free, powered by Runner, hirerunner.co. Go to arlensacademy.com, get that free information, pass it on to other people. Don't hoard the wealth. Pass it on, pass it on. Just tweet about it, write about it, put it in your, your newsletter, tell your friends, text text everybody. It's free right now, and it was thousands of dollars individually um, for courses. Even you know, and there were even specials out there, and this is free, so that's better than that special. So let them know. Um, hopefully, they get to it in time, and then keep an eye on Higher Runner, HigherRunner.co. H-I-R-E, runner.co. Check it out. We're going to have a good, good time this year with higherrunner.co and Backstage Capital.